Enjoy the show. We're doing it live. Ezekiel and Jay. Hey, there's a new show. <laughs> hey, we have a YouTube series. Maybe now they'll go on to Perjanger Island at the old man creek. Yes, I created that. I have to republish. Ooh, are there thick boys? Do you, you get that goddamn chain through your chest? You're like, this was such a good idea. Like that, that's one hour. You're not going far. You're yeah. just going one hour. Listen, listen. If I know how to fly in that one hour, that's all. Nobody said anything about landing. I just need to fly. This is Purjangers and Wallhangers, two hundred and six podcast. And yes, we still have audio issues. Just in case you were wondering. But I am Matthew Bucherell, the Matt Man. We have Christopher Crespo, the old man. Producer, big brother, Stephen Bucarell, Katarina Thermoscara, uh, wonderful woman, as well as Jay Kirby, our special guest. And uh, our first portion of the podcast, which was without our input, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> and uh, the first portion of the podcast, which was uh, without our input, was all about Jay and everything that he's doing in the nerdy realm. And of course, uh, speaking we, of nerdy realm, I forgot to uh, yes. show you guys more of my bleach oh, collection. Oh man, you got the fucking mask! Oh <laughs> shit! Oh, I have the the whole Bonkai outfit. Oh, that's awesome. That's for next week, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Not Bukaki, Bonkai. Bonkai. <laughs> Might be the title of the podcast. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. So um, I know you were talking wrestling. I know you're yes. talking about being a, you know, it's better. It's it's a lot more fun to be a heel than a baby face. So yes. And there's I a know. lot of people. Well, I wouldn't say more fun, but it's a lot of fun. I've definitely there not to try to be egotistical here, but there is there's a fun, like indescribable experience um, to coming out and people chanting for you because I, I had a match. uh not this fall, not this past October, but uh, October 2019, where I was the face, was going in to challenge the heel heavyweight champion, and I figured I'd come out and I'd get the usual yay, woo. Yeah. I literally got people chanting, Kirby, Kirby, like, it was thunderous. Yeah. And I felt it, and I just, like, it hit me like a lightning bolt. It, it hit and there you was, right in the feels? Yeah. There's nothing like it because I didn't expect that. So I, I got to expect so many people to just be super on board and ready for this. Yeah. So I have to ask this is like how how like bursting with anticipation do you mm-hmm. get when you're changing from face to heel? Uh, is it like it's a, a nervous sh- is it like a sharp turn or is it like it's a gradual a, move for you? Oh, no. Mine was like that. Because what it was is I was the special guest ref for my two former tag team partners heavyweight title match. And I was helping my my best friend in the world, Nate Mustang, win the match the whole time. And right when I decided to be a little bit of a cheat and help him a little more than he wanted, we got in an argument. And then I decked him. And when I decked him, I pinned I counted the pin. Happens all the time. Yeah, and uh, the fans were not happy. Yeah, at all. I imagine. I imagine. So uh, you got a lot of really great stuff going on. A lot, a great podcast. I checked out a little bit of it, and uh, of course, I spent most of my day like everybody else watching the fucking fifty-hour-long Snyder cut. But 
I got up at 3 a.m. this morning and I watched it before work. And I crammed all of my podcast prep into like a two-hour junction that I'd normally take longer on just so I could spend all day watching it. But we're seeing no the fruit of those loins right now. <laughs> yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers. It is no. absolutely amazing. Even mm-hmm. the greatest hater who is with us now, Mark Gervais of Zack Snyder, says he may have to take back the words he said on Snyder League. I've also saw another friend who has been constantly, to no end. constantly pooping on the Snyder Cut that has said, I might have to take back my words as well. A lot of people are turning their heads. And uh, that's really the big news. So what we really want to start off this podcast with is not only highlighting Jay, but highlighting you need to go over and check out the Snyder Cut on the mm-hmm. HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. what is uh, what is Mark's made? No spoilers, Matt. Yeah, no, and I know. And Frank Percy's here as well. Marvel anchor of the Punisher War Journals. Marvel's movie on that coming soon. They're going to be knocking on Frank's door. Wondering who he is, but he says, but we all don't gather here for that. Audio issues aside, we gather here to go through the latest in the nerdy news and geek culture. And tonight, real life Razor Crest, Animal Crossing Horror, Killer o- Oculus, and more on the Triforce podcast. And we're going to go over here to the first story, which is Batman. The Court of Owls is coming to the DC animated universe. In, for this. in a way of speaking, the Batman, uh, the world of Batman, the animated series continues to live on via comic books. DC has announced the follow-up to 2020's digital first series, Batman: The uh, The Adventures Continue, and it's con- uh, bringing another major piece of comics lore into that universe. Batman, the anime, uh, the adventures continue. Season two reunites the entire creative team from the first volume. Writers Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, artist Ty Templeton, and colorist Monica Kubani. Uh, whereas the first season or series set about uh, adding former Robin Jason Todd into the continuity, the sequel focuses more on the recently uh, uh, the recent edition of Batman's Rogues Gallery of the Court of Owls, which is very exciting. To where if you're a Batman fan and you've read some of the Court of Owls uh, comic books, you know that it brings a whole other level to Gotham's lore. And it brings back members of the Wayne family literally from the grave. And uh, here's DC's official description for the series. Gotham City is changing. After Mayor Hill is killed by a mysterious assailant, Batman finds himself tracking down an ancient order that's long been buried under the streets of Gotham, Court of the Owls. But what does this group have to gain from the death of Mayor Hill? And how can Dead Man help the Dark Knight? Will the clues lead Batman to the ancient Gotham City legend? We'll never know unless you buy it or wait for it to get on Comixology Unlimited. I will be doing the latter. Yes. Uh, The Court of Owls was first introduced in DC's 2011 Batman comic, which revealed them to be a shadow organization of Gotham elites that has controlled Gotham's underworld for centuries. 
through the use of undead assassins called Talons. The Court of Owls storyline was later loosely adapted by the 2015 animated film Batman vs. Robin. The group is also featured, uh, featuring in the upcoming video game Gotham Knights, which takes place in the aftermath of Batman's apparent death, which I am super stoked for. You're, you, I saw that. I saw that. Uh, you know, pin of excitement there, Jay. You know what? What do you have to say <laughs> oh, about that? I'm ecstatic. You're a Batman ecstatic fan on top of it. Gotham Come on, now. of course I am. I've met Kevin Conroy. Also, oh, you lucky super nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah, absolutely wonderful uh, conversation I had with him. But no, I'm. A, I've always been a, a fan of, of course, video games, but co-op games in particular. Because it's just, there's something about playing with your other friends and sharing that experience. And so a co-op game that's basically an Arkham game? Yeah. Oh, I need that. Because I thought the Arkham games were masterpieces. Yeah, Rocksteady did a really good job with that series. Uh, They did, but now they're working on Suicide Squad game. Which I I think will do a really good job. Oh, especially if you have to take down the Justice League as the right. Suicide Squad. Like, maybe it's, like, you know, like the Face Suckers or even if it's, like, Brainiac <laughs> or something. You can have a really solid premise for a game where these anti-heroes or villains really it, it have lo- their time. From what I've seen in the trailer, it looks like Brainiac Yeah, be the, the big bad pulling the strings. But I've, I've really enjoyed... Because uh, I didn't know much about the Suicide Squad until uh, Arrow actually started introducing them a little bit. Yeah. And so I started reading up on them. And I love the Suicide Squad. I think it's a fun concept. Uh, I'm excited for the sequel. The first movie could have been a lot better. With James Gunn, not Kevin Gunn. Yes, um, with James Gunn. Yes, and that sequel, especially since you have not only the game Suicide Squad coming out, you have the Peacemaker show coming out on HBO Max as well. Yes. And he's the douchey Captain America. Yes, that's a direct quote from John Cena. Yes. <laughs> and while you oh, can't man. see him, he doesn't lie. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. Yeah, but as the previous series, Batman The Adventures Continue Season 2 will debut in digital form first, followed by print issues collecting two digital chapters each. Looking for the first digital chapter uh, to debut on DC Inf- uh, Universe Infinite, Comixology, and other digital platforms May 6th, with the first print issue followed <laughs> on June 1st. So we have that to look forward to. Another thing we have to look forward to is the next story, which, of course, is Gendy Taratoski's uh, animated Clone Wars series finally coming to Disney+. Plus. And the big part about this is... Oh, I didn't pick the story with the, uh, with the pictures. But this was the animated series that was before Dave Filoni's Clone Wars series. It was on Cartoon Network in the 2000s. Yep. And a lot of fans like Wall Janger and Eric Seavey really hold this Clone Wars in high regard because it was more closely adapted towards the movies in animated form. And a lot of fans... I actually have a really funny story about the, the Clone Wars animated show. 
um, when that series first came out, I loved it. Like, I loved, you know, coming home and watching a Star Wars cartoon with all this action, and it was right after they released the sequels. Yeah. And, you know, I was still young, so I was still super ecstatic and waiting for Revenge of the Sith, so this was, like, what was keeping me entertained until then. And then when it came off of the air, they started the new Clone Wars that everyone and, you know, every Star Wars fan should watch. But at the time, I didn't understand what was going on. I missed the cartoon one, not the CGI, the computer animated one. And I refused to watch the new Clone Wars for, like, the longest time. Because yeah, I, felt, I felt betrayed that yeah. they would cancel the, the already amazing show. And finally, I broke down and gave Clone Wars a chance, and it was just as good. Just as good. How many seasons did it really take you to get into it? Because I found it a, a little bit for me to get into before I could really like appreciate that show. Um, I, I liked season one, but I think around season two and three is when it really started picking up momentum. Yeah, yeah. I'm going through him with my son right now. He's, he's He'll be five in May, so getting him started early. We already went through all the Star Wars, yeah. but um, just I can I can see where like season one it was a little bit loose because um, they were just trying to like reestablish the, the Yoda uh, episode was badass. Though. That was that's that's what the yeah, Yoda brought, episode brought was badass. In. That's what gave I gave it the chance, especially with anime. I give shows like a two season pass a two episode pass. I'll give you two episodes. If you don't hook me in the second episode, then goodbye. But if you do, I'll go on to the third. I'll give you another chance. You hook me by the completely by the third. I'm watching whatever you put out ever. Right. Yeah. So now, now with with uh, Clone Wars, now we're just doing like three or four episodes a day. Okay. We're doing it that way. The last season was fantastic. Oh, I can't wait for that because he's going to be all. And I'm really appreciative that they actually took the balls to take a chance on finishing something that they, you know, for all intent and purposes, didn't have to, Snyder Cut. And they, <laughs> <laughs> they really took a chance. You know, a uh, little, little bit of whatever there. But I'm excited to actually be able to watch this on Disney Plus because it really was a great series. And it's, you don't, it doesn't have to be continuity to be part of the Star Wars universe. Take a bit from Marvel and DC. Have a multiverse. Or just maybe explore something other than just that portion of that universe. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're getting a lot of shows, and I I really hope with, like, Mando Season 3 and Rangers of the the Republic, or the New Republic, that we're going to get different kinds of shows that we're going to really get into the different and different crafts of the universe. Planets and and maybe life forms, because, you know, for Star Wars being this massive universe, we only get to really, like, see Tatooine, Coruscant. Like, wouldn't you want to see Mando visit Pennsylvania Planet? I would love that. No? No. I would love to see Mando visit a planet just like Pennsylvania. He can go and hang out with the Pennsylvania Dutch every day. I think that would be a great idea. I think I think we found Jay's new tag team partner in that. <laughs> Pencil Tuckalorian. Named Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ezekiel and Jay. Hey, there's a new show. <laughs> hey, we have a YouTube series. <laughs> yes, we do. Ezekiel and Jay. <laughs> only if I can be Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Popping out, pops out of the corn. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so Star Wars, remember that? Yep. Um, while Tarek Tarkovsky's series is frequently celebrated as one of the best Star Wars stories, it is not actually canon, and therefore does not take place in D- Disney's current version of the Star Wars universe. Until the fans speak up. Even then, probably not. But Tarkovsky has also created a, vo- a variety of popular animated series, including Dexter's Laboratory. That's the only correct way to say that. And Samurai Jack, as well as Primal. Primal is fantastic. The story of a caveman, and it's, I believe, on Amazon Prime. Um, okay. Big Brother and I watched that one. It, I was, watched fan- it was great. And I love the style of art. That, that he does because it's a lot like Samurai Jack to where you have that very hard line but with Samurai Jack it's less uh, that was more of like experimental because he didn't do the black edging on the okay. side of people's faces to where with Star Wars he did but mm-hmm. it's still that same kind of style as Sa- Samurai Jack but it's Star Wars so that's why I'm really excited about this, especially I, since I, it really does have an amazing. When I story. saw the little screen, uh, the screen uh, shot, I was I want to I want to see that. I missed out on it when I was, you know, just working so much that didn't even get a chance to see it. Well, another person who was working. It's this next story, and which is always that was a good segue. Goddamn right, Connor, <laughs> because. <laughs> A Mandalorian fan has spends over $10,000 to build a life-sized Razor Crest replica. And they actually screw that video. They have uh, pictures down below of the Razor Crest. And, my God, the most recent addition to the list of fan-made memorabilia is nothing short of phenomenal. As New York Post reports... Mandalorian fan in Russia has recently taken things to the next level with his life-size replica of Din Djarin's Razorcrest ship. After uh, funding raising online amongst uh, other fans of Star Wars series, Ayala uh, Fedorov I can't make that name up. It's not Fedora, (laughs) but it's close enough. We'll call him Ayala Fedora. Uh, And a group of friends were able to put up there you go. Fedorov. I like Wait, Fedora better. Like it's Fedorov. Yeah, Fedora's better. Fedorov. Fedorov. Um, and a group of friends were able to put up roughly $10,200 to build a replica of the uh, Razorcrest in their hometown of Yada, uh, Yakutsk. <laughs> Yakutsk? Siberia. Whenever you have to say a name, I would like you to play some kind of audio that just goes over whatever you're saying at that moment, like a bleep. <laughs> I, I, I need to find the best uh, audio track. Yeah, yeah, so whenever you're like starring, because 
it, then they can just fill in the blanks for you. It's honestly not important at that point. But in Siberia, they made this. In addition to the money that was donated, Fedorov also sold his car and used his own personal savings to build the 46-foot craft, which weighs over a ton. How old is this this gentleman? Uh, I don't know. He's not hey, living in his hey. mom's basement. He's living in that fucking razor crest, I'll tell you that. Because He's living his best life. Leave the man alone. This story would only be better if he had raised the money himself from his investment in GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> so it's clear Who says I haven't? <laughs> it's clear from the photos that an, an incredible amount of work went into the construction of the Razor Crest replica. And so far, the ship has been very popular attraction in Yakutsk. Siberia, oh, I bet. Oh, my uh, God. Locals. The fact that the ship is in Siberia adds to the replica's overall aesthetics as well. Thanks to the region's notorious, frigid, and isolated geographical makeup. There's so, the ship flies too, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it, all right. <laughs> sure. But it, I was going for icy landscape. Looks like an alien planet. And you see the Razor Crest. Kind of cool. Um, all, although it's very common for Star Wars fans to get creative with their love for the franchise. Razor, Razor Crest replica has gotten to be one of the most dedicated efforts in, of anyone anywhere in any time. Because, my God, you made a life-size replica of that. and that deserves a slow cap. A golf clap. Yes. Um, so, uh, while the replica is that there is there doesn't seem to be any mention of a charging system to see the craft. After using his own personal finances and selling his car to make this piece of Mandalorian reality. It's a, as a testament to how badly Star Wars fans want to bring joy to other fans that Fedorov and his friends undertook such a great time and expense to get no monetary gain. He's charging that, that Razor Crest with a 30-pin Apple iPod cable. <laughs> so you're not getting the light speed? No, no. It, it's going to take about six years. Your hyperdrive's down. I thought it was the stationary bike in the back that was powering the whole thing. <laughs> it's a baby Yoda. There it is. There it is. <laughs> it's actually a baby Yoda. Lift up a, your knees. On a little <laughs> gerbil wheel. And uh, he runs the whole thing. With the I love it. But, I love it. Um, yeah, at least have a nice little, I don't know, place to If he it. did it without going into debt, power to him. Like, yeah, he sold oh, stuff, absolutely. but obviously it was stuff that he was willing to lose. Well, maybe but it, it looks amazing. Well, the, I mean, like to, to what everybody says, the pandemic happened. So he had all this free money because not going to work. <laughs> he spent his unemployment making the razor. <laughs> he made it out of Bitcoin. It was, it was fun coin. It was funding. Remember? So it was other people. I got my 10,000 rupees right here. I'm doing it. It was <laughs> other, it was other people's Republican credits or empirical <laughs> credits, whatever you want to use. I, uh, we take both. Just to let you know. Unless you're a Toydarian, they yes. don't. No, they don't. They oh, don't my. take Republican credits. But somebody else is getting credit. That's this next story. Because the identity of Noobmaster69 was revealed in <laughs> a Falcon and Winter Soldier so 
and uh, they have the video. Uh, in Avengers Endgame movie, Thor has become depressed and overweight. Instead of fighting supervillains, Thor spends his days playing games like Fortnite, where he is tormented by a user named Noobmaster69. This throwaway gag was referenced, referenced in the latest Falcon Winter Soldier Game Pass ad, where Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson is talking to the game store employee about Game Pass as he's trying to get back into gaming after returning from the blip. Yeah, when I saw this commercial, I just laughed because I waited at the end of it. I was super like, oh, that's hilarious. And, uh, I mean, it's honestly, it's it's pretty cool. You know, Sam, he's, a, you know, he's in the Falcon suit. He's got some kind of controls in that. Yep. So that would honestly probably be like just trying to keep the, you know, keep the motor senses, the hand-eye coordination, you know, loosey-goosey, you know, because that's honestly like being in a video game, just riding in that Falcon suit. So the game store employee tries to sell Wilson in on a uh, the Game Pass service by showcasing a variety of games that subscribers have available to them including the heavy hitters like Forza Franchise and Halo. At the very end of the clip, the employee reveals that his gamer tag is Noobmaster69, though he claims that his cousin is the one that made it. So, even though that most hardcore MCU fans may not realize this, but the Game Store employee character has actually appeared in the MCU in the past. Portrayed by DC Pearson, the character is used to work as a tech support for Apple in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. While the Xbox could hardly say that this Xbox Game Pass commercial is completely canon, it is safe to say that we finally know the identity to Noobmaster69. They still have a good segue with with letting Deadpool be the cousin. Yeah. That would be awesome if you have if you have you know Deadpool be like hey are you still using my Xbox give me that <laughs> I would love that that would be that perfect. would be a good segue because there's also a rumor that Deadpool is going to be taking on the Stanley cameo again yes oh, that so. rumor is out there which we all hope so but it's one of those things that you can only really hope that they know what they're doing yeah new Xbox who this. Well, <laughs> another person you hope who's you you wish and hope they know that what they're doing is Bob Chappick in this next story because the Black Widow movie theatrical release will be a last minute call, says the CEO Bob Chappick. So, with COVID vaccines being distri- uh, disrupted and movie theaters reopening in major markets, there you go. Uh, like Los Angeles and New York, there are reasons for optimism. However, there is still a long way to go before some approach, uh, something approaching pre-pandemic normal. Medical experts believe theaters won't be safe until the year until a year after vaccines become readily available. Because of this, upcoming summer movie calendar is in a state of flux, uh, with multiple titles already moving back, like Venom. Yep. Moving back to the fall, Black Widow is standing firm on its May slot, but that could change at any moment. So AMC just put out a statement saying that they should have about 99% of the theaters opened up by mid-May, That's so good. Which, which puts everything back on the board for most of these studios that were losing money or just like like yeah. hemorrhaging money. You know, and oh, AMC yeah. just went bankrupt, so like you know, kudos to them that they're able to 
kind of come out of this and, and, you know, hopefully come out stronger. But these, um, these platforms, I feel bad for Scarlett Johansson uh, because this was supposed to be her movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we've gone back and forth, like you know, this you know, this movie should have came out first before Captain Marvel and all that other jazz. Yeah, but, but I still stand firm. I like that they're standing firm as of right now that they are going to release this movie on May seventh. They're not pushing it back. They're no, we're releasing this because Bob Chappick says our situation and our conditions change. Last few weeks ago, theaters in New York and Los Angeles weren't even open. Now, all of a sudden, they're open. So we're yeah, but even with see. that, yeah, we're do they really think that this movie is going to do that well now? Do. So yeah. they're waiting to see what the theater Like, all do. the fervor for this movie just being pushed off and pushed off. Like, the excitement has died down. Like, I was ready to see this opening weekend. Now it's... I mean, now I'm at like, oh, I'll see it eventually. Like, I have no desire. Yeah, there's no investment to I'm, run I'm, out and see it anymore. Yeah, I'm kind of with her on this one. Like, I was, I was one of those in the camp of finally they're making this black yep. movie that they've been talking about since before yeah. Avengers. Same. And, and, and then they're like, okay, theater shut down. I was like, well, that sucks. And the, now, the partial reason for that, Jay, was was because. All these, like, we had that emotional attachment at Endgame, and that carried us. You know, we still, like, when, <laughs> you know, that carried us a long time. So, if they yeah, were able to release it's it, been, now it's I, been. I want to say 2020 was, uh, I looked at, I saw this, uh, I want to say on Twitter. Uh, 2020 was the first year since 2008 that a Marvel movie was not released. Correct. Yes. Yes. That. That and now hurts. we're getting a plethora this year. So we already got WandaVision, which was amazing. Uh-huh. We get Fa- Falcon Winter Soldier tomorrow. Yep. So ready. And we're getting Loki. They released a poster for Loki today. Nothing new on it. Just Loki in a prison outfit with a collar on. Um, but then after that, we get What If. We get Shang-Chi in uh, June or July. We get Eternals in November. We get Spider-Man in December or January. We're getting a whole bunch of content. On top of that, we're getting Ms. Marvel. We're getting uh, Moon Knight. Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) We're getting a whole bunch of stuff. That's a soundbite we're going to keep from you. (laughs) Stop it! (laughs) Yes. But, no. Oh, did I not mute? No, no, not <laughs> That's okay. <sighs> that I forgot to mute and I sneezed. Like I turned off the camera, but I, I didn't mute it. Horrible sidekick who's named Bucky. Ironically, not ah, that's ironically. Awesome, Let's see Bucky. Can okay, we see okay. Bucky? He's a little. Uh, he better only uh, have one arm. Come on. Oh my! Oh, he's a cutie. <laughs> but he has two arms. Well, yes, yeah. he's Bucky, not Winter Soldier. Okay, that's all right, fair. All right, that's fair enough. All, all limbs, all limbs for Bucky. That's fair enough. Bucky, not Winter Soldier. Frank says, let Scarlet dry her eyes with the $100 bill from her endgame money. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Frank, you may have a point there. That's hard. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Frank, I don't disagree here. I don't feel like I feel bad for yeah. Black Widow because she should have had yeah. a movie a long time ago. Yeah, um, but at this point, Disney should have freaking released it already. But this, this wait and see really method that Disney is going on is really kind of toxic because you 
look at what HBO has done. They just came out in the beginning, said, no, we're going to have both. You go to the theater, and you can also see it on the, There's on only the HBO a couple Max. Things. There's only a couple Boom. things you can use situational awareness for, and that's primarily the army. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like when you're, when you're trying to develop a strategy in a pandemic, you know, you have a VOD service. Most, most people have the capability of purchasing the movie and watching it in their home. Yes. Is it more, is it more enjoyable to watch it in the theater? Absolutely. Does yeah. it does it prevent the theater companies so like AMC and, and Regal to lose money because they're not having people? Sure, but you know what? You get you should release the content out while the yeah. while the iron's still hot. And sometimes yeah. you just got to take a loss. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, hundred percent. It's not like they haven't made gajillion dollars off of every other movie so yeah, far, and, and that like they won't continue to money. make movie. They they should have just released the movie. <laughs> All right, I'll go with you on that. But even in even still, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to hold up your whole production? You're going to stop putting out shit because you you can't release Black Widow, or are you just going to completely like, ah, fuck it, we're not. Gonna... Well, I think they also have this attitude as, as it doesn't matter when they put out Black Widow, really, because we already know what happens to her after that. Yeah. So this isn't progressing a story. This is like you're backfilling now. There's less of a you know demand on when it's released. Yeah, I can see that. But her game ended. Even still, man, I just I it's it's a disservice to her. And I honestly take off your headset and go stand in the corner. <laughs> I was trying to glaze over that, but I, I I just think that you know if it were you know a Captain America or a Thor or any of the other properties they wouldn't have put this on the back burner like they did i agree i agree it's a crappy situation and i hate it because i've lost the excitement because i was hyped for this i was so hyped for this and now it's like william pace says it's been 84 years you have to say it with that like warbly voice warbly warbly i don't warbly warbly he doesn't warble i don't warble how do you know? Have you tried? I've not. Well, <laughs> define warbly first. <laughs> define warbly, and then we'll see if we have done it. I don't know if I've been warbly or not. Okay. It is a voice of a person of much older persuasion that may have a necklace from a ship that sank 84 years ago. Mm-hmm. And scene. I think you're talking about Titanic. <laughs> I just read oh, no. words on screen. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't but... write the stories. I just read them. Come here, Harris. Yeah. I, I feel bad with that because all I I've been watching you, you Hawk Show, and all I can think of is the the meme that's going around. I am old, you Because <laughs> that's how I feel waiting for this damn movie. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, you won't feel old waiting for this next story because Marvel's Secret Invasion series reportedly adds One Night in Miami actor star Kingsley Benardi. Adar? Bleep it. Bleep it. Just bleep it and keep going. Adri? Adri? Ben Adri? Kingsley Benadir. Benadir. There you go. That's why I keep him around. Are you serious? There we go. <laughs> it's A D I R. So, 
Kingsley Benadir has been cast alongside Samuel L. Jackson. And... <laughs> God, I get so much shit for how I pronounce this show. Sorry. Clearly, I wasn't expecting this to be an I watched the entire Snyder Cut and produced this podcast in a day, and I still get shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> the kind of, that is a lot of commitment right there. <laughs> So the Disney in uh, secret invasion is moving forward, and Variety has learned exact uh, that he is going to be uh, a main villain. But that's really all they have uh, have said about this. So uh, Ben Mendelsohn, his character as Talos, that would lead yeah. to believe that he is not the said villain, and that maybe the scrolls that we saw are like an outlier who are against the main mass of the Scroll invasion, who in the comics, the Scroll invasion has been pumping in aliens for years, just taking the uh, identities of regular humans. And like even superheroes were replaced by scrolls, super scrolls. And they were able to mimic their powers and completely take them over. So this is where kind of the premise of where we're tiptoeing in with this secret invasion show. Um, Exact. Details, obviously, kept under wraps because it's Marvel. But according to sources, we will be seeing him playing as a main villain. Jackson will reprise his role as Nick Fury in the series, while Middleson will be playing Skrull Talos, as he did in Captain Marvel. Uh, Secret Invasion centers around Nick Nick Fury and Talos, who met first in Captain Marvel and the faction of shape-shifting Skrulls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. Uh... Uh, ben Adir has played Malcolm X in One Night in Miami, uh, the critically acclaimed Regina King feature that picked up three Oscar nominations, has also re- uh, recently starred as pre- uh, President Barack Obama in Showtime limited series The Comedy Rule. Beyond that, Ben Adir is also known for his roles in Netflix series uh, the, A- the OA, Hulu's High Fidelity, and uh, it uh, ITV crime drama Vera, as well as the BBC One series Peaky Blinders. Love me some That Peaky was Blinders. a great show, Peaky Blinders. So, great soundtrack, too. Oh, yeah. The Peaky Blinders. I'm sorry, Jay, but you could definitely play off like an extra in Peaky Blinders. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you get you like one of them old man caps. Some suspenders and shit and like a white button up. You're like right oh, there the betting on the boy horses. Cap. Yeah, man. I definitely rock and roll like that. Thank you. We definitely got you as an extra on that role if we knew anybody. Next convention, that's your cosplay. There you go. There you go. He says, I like it. You know what? Fucking have the old uh, Peaky Blinders get up underneath and then wear the Red Ranger helmet. (laughs) (laughs) I I would wear that. Now that's an origin story and a half. I would wear that all the time except it's autographed right across the eyes that so would add to the character <laughs> that would add to the character though so much wait you need to see <laughs> yeah who needs to see walk around the convention it's very important to not just <laughs> randomly bump into people that's what you Rookie. have like I don't see that guy in the Hulkbuster like costume for. complaining yeah, about how he try. can't see. I go to the I go to conventions with the same two people for the He's past got a... five or six years. I don't trust them to not. <laughs> <leave me straight. laughs> that would be part of the fun. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. It's a common concern that you have to worry about. 
But something you don't have to worry about is the next story, which is our man DC movie is in development. There are dozens of DC movies in this various stages. This guy looks stages. like Kevin Spacey. We can't have him because of Me Too. No, he, but but the guy drawing. He would no. He would def, Kevin Spacey would definitely. You looks like Kevin Spacey. Yeah. No. The guy. That's yeah. All you're ever going to see now. Yeah. No. He definitely. Our man looks like Kevin Spacey. Might be the title of the podcast, but. Mm-hmm. There are dozens of DC movies in various stages. I think we're going to omit that from the podcast. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, we may. We're not going to mess with the Me Too movement. But um, <laughs> there are only a handful of titles that are actually have release dates. Uh, the Suicide Squad is uh, the only movie slated for release in 2021, other than the Snyder Cut that we obviously Cat and I just watched. Um, next year, we will see the Batman, the Flash. Aquaman 2, while 2023 will also have Shazam, Fury of the Gods, officially set. Yet DC and Warner Brothers are hard at work on long gestating titles like Black Adam and new projects like Blue Beetle. Now the studios are moving forward with plans for other DC movies. According to Deadline, the DC hero Arrowman is getting a movie of his own. Arrowman will be written by James, uh, Gavin James and Neil Wild, uh, Widener, uh, who will previously been hired to work on San Andreas 2 and Now You See Me 3. And a few different characters have taken on the uh, Arrowman mantle in the comics, and it is un, uh, far unclear which one of these will be at the center of the solo movie. WB and DC will get an extra help of our man from uh, Cherney Entertainment, the production company behind the Planet of the Apes reboot. So, for those of you unfamiliar with our man, the character first appeared on the first pages of uh, in comics in 1940. Kevin uh, Ken Finch and Bernard Bailey introduced him in a- Adventure Comics 48. The original Our Man is known as Rex Taylor, uh, the chemist who creates a synthesis that enables him some superpowers for only one hour. Rex's son, Rick Taylor, later took over the mantle and is more widely known as the version of Our Man. There's also an alternate version of Our Man, an android modeled after Rex, who went by the name Matthew Taylor. So there's a lot of Taylors and no tool man. Really? That's all this story was for. It was just for a piss poor Tim the Tool Man title uh, joke. I'm oh sorry, gosh. but that's why I did it. Um, and for the end segment. But this is the first time that DC has developed the Our Man project. DC and the CW previously had hopes of giving Our Man a show in the Arrowverse. Those plans never came to fruition, but one version of Our Man did appear in the popular small screen. Patrick J. Abram uh, Adams played Rex Taylor version of Our Man in the last two episodes of Legends of Tomorrow. Lou Ferrigno Jr. and Cameron Gellum, uh, Gelman has also played Rex Taylor and Rick in Stargirl. And this new Our Man project has just been announced, so we'll have to see where DC goes with this. I mean, obviously, the Justice Society of America has not been very much highlighted in this whole comic movie movement and I think it would give it a bit of nostalgia to see you know like a 50s hour man and you know Star well we Man. did get some of that in Legends of Tomorrow 
Yeah, and we're going to get a little bit of it in Black Adam as well because we know right. that the legend, uh, the Justice Society is going to be in that as well. And there's rumors that they're going to get a spinoff and everything. And now we may, this may be the start of that new spinoff. Yep. All I know is DC don't mess it up. I just see that as really inconvenient that he's don't he's getting his it. look. He's getting his own show, but he's only a superhero for. One hour out of that seems to me like perfect that's for some, sitcom. Sometimes that's more uh, more time in the costume than some superheroes have. Don't you two stick up for him? One hour. <laughs> what happens out of the other twenty-three? Everybody's fucked. None of your business. That's what happens. I'm going to be a superhero between the hours of three a.m. and four a.m. because of lack of options. Oh, so he's working on DMV hours. I got it. I, mean, like, I was going to say, so he's working Jack Bauer hours. Look, even this I want to work. I want to work with the least amount of effort. <laughs> They're innocuous building. No, it's so. just an hour, man. If you don't use it, you don't use it. It's it's whatever. It's just you know, like very unsatisfied. Yeah. Oh, so he can't roll it over? No. There's no buyback option? It's like PTO, you can't roll over. Yeah, no. But, I mean, I just you feel like... You can't roll over those stock options there, sir. No, Is it scheduled or unscheduled PTO? Right. Like, how does this work exactly? Yeah, he got the short end of the stick a lot like people are getting. Out. In this next story, because Netflix... He's really trying to truck us along. That was a good segue. I was just going to segue. Um, but Netflix may start cracking down on account sharing very soon. They said this two years ago. Yeah, but sharing the accounts, obviously, they have a problem with that. They're not thrilled about it, as they much rather have every person in the world watching on their own service pay plan. And, Netflix uh, needs to mind its business. If I'm paying for five screens, those five screens can be anywhere I freaking want them. I'm paying. I'm yep. on this one. Yeah. No. So you can I suck it, Netflix. Five different shows at one time. Thank you very much. Now, exactly. Netflix CEO has stated that the password sharing is something the company would have to live with, as there are many instances of legitimate password sharing and no easy way to identify illegitimate account sharing. Yes, you can. For the consumer, just get a VPN that blocks Netflix visibility to you. you Not all of us are tech-savvy, Chris. That's why we have this moment in Pajanger's IT. (laughs) In Pajanger's IT Corner, which may actually be a new sponsor if we can reach out to him, but ExpressVPN. There you go. Yes. It's easy to set up. (laughs) Easy to set up. One-click use. ExpressVPN. Reach out to us. We'll definitely do a sponsorship. Um, I just think it's a little ridiculous. If in your yeah. subscription it says that you can have five screens or three screens or whatever your, the tier of your plan is, yeah. what do you care where they are? Exactly. That's my. Yeah. That's my thing. It's like it, it doesn't. I am paying you. I'm paying. Get you off my metaphysical dick, Suck it. That's the point. There's there's no way to truly truly look at the because an, an IP address from your phone is going to look different than your IP address from your home internet. It's going to look a different IP address from another carrier, so it doesn't matter. Like to to what Katarina said, if you if you're allotted the, the amount of screens, you should get them. 
Well, that may change now because Netflix has a new test features seeks to put a stop to those who have no right to use someone else's account. Some users have recently noticed a new warning message when trying to to use another account that says, if you don't live with the owner of this account, you need your own account to keep watching. The service then prompts the user to verify their identity using a two-factor authentication or later uh, identify later, which gives them an unspecified amount of time to watch before forcing them to identify. And yeah. it's going to be in the last two seconds of that crucial episode. We're like, oh, my God, what happens? Uh, no, you <laughs> son of a bitch! I thought I beat it! And that's when they're going to get you. And it's that little sneak, you know, sneak little whoop in the butt that they're going to get you in. It's going to slide right in there. But Netflix has confirmed that this feature is getting a limited rollout in their order uh, to test it out, arguing that the feature exists to ensure that users are authorized to use to access the accounts both by the owners and by the Netflix own terms of service. This Netflix move, is lying. Yeah, this move has left people wondering if the crackdowns on account sharing may start to make their way to other streaming platforms as well. Just create a new email with the owner named John Smith and then have everybody use that and no one can no one can figure it out. Well, that's the thing is that if they're worried that if this is okay with Netflix users that then HBO and you know all the other streaming services are going to adopt different policies and- like this. <laughs> You know, and that's one thing that's going to shut down everything. If my subscription pays, I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. If my subscription pays for a certain amount of screens or a certain amount of accounts, it should not matter where those accounts are. I'm paying for them. Go ahead. You can put that applause one. I appreciate that. (laughs) The audience agrees. If you mess with my parents, Netflix, I'm coming for you, Netflix. <laughs> you do not. She will. Start Don't touch speaking. my parents' access. She'll start speaking Portuguese, and that's when you know you're fucked. My mother <laughs> will not be able to watch any of her horse movies or Bollywood, and that's going to be a problem. I'm sorry. We're not having that. On you. All of it. <laughs> All of it. Every Amazon at your door. So don't it. do it, Netflix. But one thing we do want you to do is check out this next story. Because Animal Crossing Horror Short Don't Peak is being adapted to a full-length film. We actually have the short here, um, which is great. If you don't get, if you definitely have to get the chance to check out Don't Peak Animal Crossing Horror uh, Short. Is it is a short horror film released on YouTube last year about a woman who encounters a malevolent spirit within Animal Crossing New Horizons. Before you immediately declare this idea is dumb, I encourage you to give this short a chance. It's actually kind of creepy, so much so that the concept is now being adapted into a full-fledged film. Deadline reports that Timur, I am never going to get this name right, Beep here. Beep, 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 beep. Bek Mambevtov, who directed Wanted and uh, produced Hardcore Henry. Very Russian name. I have, no, I know the guy's work. I have no idea how to pronounce your name. I can't say his name either, but I, I do know. <laughs> I know what I you did. Fan of the work. Not last summer. It was a couple summers ago. I know what you did, though. Um, but he is turning his attention to Don't Peak, 
The short film, written and directed by Julian Terry a small produ- and a small production crew, with, uh, it was produced during quarantine last year, and it, it was released online in October. The film was then selected as part of a film festival, SXSW Online, which is currently ongoing. Since the film was uh, just announced, there's no word on casting or a release window. The big question here is Nintendo's involvement, because we know they are notorious pricks. They pulled the plug (laughs) on the Legend of Zelda series show (laughs) just because somebody at Netflix fucking talked about it. Yeah. I can't imagine that they would let this go. I mean, obviously... Maybe with it being like a, a indie film and something like that, it got let through. But I don't see like a feature film on Netflix coming out like this in the horror franchise, where a possessed demon kills a woman playing a fucking Animal Crossing game. Can't anything remain pure though? Animal Crossing is supposed to be wholesome. Well, the Where's the Beef woman's down at the Hustler Club next week, so I don't think so. Wholesome? Tom Nook is one of the evilest video game characters of all time. He is a greedy fuck. We have said this before, too. Yes! He has all the monies. Wholesome? That game is a trap. $40,000 loan? Sure, I can see that movie affecting uh, uh, Switch sales. I mean, no. I mean, Switch is unstoppable, but that's the Nintendo beast. Everybody's going to buy Switch. And we all Rock. saw what happened to the My Buddy doll after Child's Play came out. I'm just yeah. putting yeah, that out there. That's true. My buddy. My don't. Buddy. Don't. My buddy that movie buddy. traumatized 12-year-old oh, the me. There we go. The Shining, you know, the hotel did not want to include, uh, was it 213? So they changed the number, and then as soon as... The movie came out. Everyone wanted to stay in that room, so maybe it would. I I said that it would affect. It could be a hook. I never said it would be a bad effect. You know so, what? It, yeah, you're right. It could be a like hook. if somebody made a mod for the game. Maybe now they'll go on to Perjanger Island that the old man created. Yes, I created. I have to republish the. Ooh, island. are there thick boys? There's a, there's, <laughs> there, there are birds. <laughs> He's gonna add the thick boys. But out. are they thick boys? I guess you'll have to log on and play. <laughs> Join Katarina's Twitch OnlyFans stream to where she determines if the Projanger Island has thick boys on it or not. It's a joke from a while back where I said my OnlyFans would be me yelling at the birds in my backyard calling them thick boys because all all of the wildlife that hangs out in my backyard, they they, they thick. thick. They <laughs> thick. They dummy thick. (laughs) Thick animals aside, this Animal Crossing horror is actually, I was watching it, and it was really creepy because, you know, she starts off, like, opening a drawer in the game, and she hears the drawer opening, and then she sees it opening, and then this ominous presence contacts her through the game. Are you going to, like, will you let me go? And she she kept on Um, saying, I'm throwing the switch out, leaving the house. She doesn't get out. Like, right here, we see her, like, crouching down on the other side of the bed because whatever this entity is is now on her bed. And at the end, you know. It's Tom Nook coming out and saying, do you want a loan for 392,000 bells? This is the loan shark portion of Tom Nook's business. It will scare me. Why? 
Next. Yeah. Oh, that was will. a really good segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next story is equally as scary because uh. Fallout 76 fans are making... Yeah, I know, that was the scary part. They're making their own procedural drama on Twitch. That was a horrible segue. Is it a K-drama? Special K-drama. Fallout 76 fans. Special K-drama. Special K-drama. <laughs> I think we got the title for the podcast. Fallout, <laughs> Fallout Struggles, Special K-drama. Absolutely. So Fallout 76 Starring fans. Dennis Franz. <laughs> no, no strangers to solving in-game mysteries, but the ones created by the players can ha- be much wilder. And weirder. Uh, one of the largest role-playing groups in Bethesda Game Studios post-apocalyptic world, the New Responders, is currently weaving a tale of involving missing persons, dodgy suspects, and potential cannibalism. So a normal Thursday. The By en- Michael Chiklis. <laughs> yes. The entire production is live for the public to watch on Twitch, and the end result is the closest thing we will have to a weekly Fallout TV show until they make it. Because they are doing that. The new responders <laughs> who operate under the call sign 5-0 set the stage for the show by sending out a desperate message on social media which establishes the current dilemma. What's curious about the show is that it directly involves viewers to engage in the central mystery. It's not just something you watch but something you could actually help your uh, help solve yourself so it's an engaging story in the game created by other players so you're telling me you want me to play D D on twitch yes that's exactly what it is it's playing D D on fallout 76 i still refuse to acknowledge fallout 76 it does not exist it it does though it does I not have, exist i have it in my library no why? You have it in your library. Because it had a No Man's Sky release. Oh, I think he's ready for the segue this time. Look at him. Yeah. No, members of the community who expressed interest in the playing with the responders received a private message that through guy Discord. on that screenshot has a face that I want to punch. He does. A very punchable face. That is so aggressive. I don't even know. Him. I'm sorry, but I got to agree with I love, him. I love Fallout. I love Fallout. What game. do you need? <laughs> oh, he looks like a mansplainer. Go for but it. The thing, <laughs> the thing about Fallout 76 what, was... What did you call it, Kat? Yeah, what was that you called mansplainer? Uh, oh, gosh. You got no, me I in can't... trouble. What was it? <laughs> ah, I'll have to look it up. I don't remember. But Fallout 76 was the like the time and the story and I'm, I'm sure all that was great but the problem that bugged a lot of fans is that you started this game with absolutely no npcs at all correctile dysfunction yeah correctile dysfunction That's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. that was it was yeah so we'll have to see if this actual story it brings more fallout fans into the fold with 76 they are definitely trying to stand by it and add different kind of content to it and especially with this the fans of that show of that game are trying to make a show so you know i get my hats off to them you're trying to make the best of a shitty game yeah you know that's the that's the ultimate message here 
and just make a better game. Yeah, give that a shot. You know, well, add the game in the game this time. And I'll tell you where you're going to find another really, <laughs> really great game. I feel a segue coming. <laughs> you're going to find the best games right over here. Oh. The Game and DVD Exchange at 23 State Street in Media PA. You're going to go walk in that store, and our main man, Mark, is going to say... Broski. A lot. <laughs> and then he's going to let you know that... Katarina is banned from my store. A hundred percent, but she is happy with it. She's going to be standing outside the store and calling all the birds thick boys. While I eat my shawarma. <laughs> and then he has his wild accusation that... Ellie and I are twins. There's no medical actual facts behind that, but he stands by it. As well, he has dropped this one. Chris but... is secretly growing his hair back. I know it. We don't. We all don't know that. But you walk in there, you say, it's, it's, all, it's all dead up here. You hop on the $5 wall to where you're going to find all the latest and greatest in G, uh, Blu-ray, as well as retro games. Yes. You'll find the, you know, everything but the Power Glove and more. Just tell him that we sent you to go ask for a PS5. Exactly. And you will oh, get exactly 0% okay. off. So another. Tell game. them I sent you. You'll get the best service no, possible. don't do that. You might get a band. <laughs> Katarina sent me. Get out. Yeah, we'll have a party outside. The- Frank's going to be outside the store, he already said. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a real party out there. It's going to be great. They're, you're going to see them choose the option when they actually select fight. It's going to be looking leeringful. They choose leer at Mark. Leer. <laughs> <laughs> 100% effective. <laughs> super effective. The another band's thing. not released. Yeah, another thing that's super effective is this next story, because the old man and I both played this game at length. Star Wars, the old Still Republic, playing. is releasing new content. They have their new uh, 6.2 update, which is live now. And essentially, uh, they have updated amplifiers, and uh, it's called Uprising, Uprising. All Uprising is now available at level 75 uh, with a rebalance of their difficulty and the time they ha- uh, and the time they take to complete. Uh, we've also increased the all of the loot drops for uh, all of Uprising, and they have a bunch of stuff like to increase the amplifier system, the UI, tree-based view. Um, really, with how old this game is. All the different little technical aspects. The quality of life aspects, yeah. When I logged in on, when I first got the 1080 and I logged back into it and I turned the graphics all the way up, I was like, oh my God. That's a different game. This is a different game. This is completely amazing. And the UI that they provide you is actually completely, like, um, it's more robust than most UIs that I've seen in in an MMO. I didn't want to accept this as, like, the next leg after KOTAR 2. But now that I've played it, and you see, like, the legend of Revan and how he went on and the yep. different quest lines with that, I got to say, I really accept this game. I still want Knights of the Old Republic 3. But I really accept the game if I don't get that. But I still accept I will it. say, I will say, the, the cinematics, like, the connecting cinematics of the entire you know, uh, uh, KOTAR series, if you combine just the Old Republic cinematics into one yeah. little movie... It's 
It's so... It hit you. I just want to know where Revan went. Did he go to Exegol? Is that where the founding of Exegol is and Palpatine mm. built on built on top of that? Give me a game like that. I don't think it's I don't think it's canon though. So like it, it, they're it, making it canon. They've added Revan as a troop leader for their Boy Scout Exegol but I don't thing. Think this game is canon. You know the boy troop, the the Boy Scout troop of Exegol, Revan Lee, whatever the fuck that is. He was a Cub Scout. <laughs> Revan was a Cub Scout. It's fine. That's where he learned his knots. But I'm excited that they continue to add content on this game because it's great in lore. It's a lot of fun gameplay-wise, especially it builds on that whole mechanic that they had with And you can solo the, the story. Kotar series. You, you know, yeah. it is a lot of fun. So That's what I'm doing. I'm soloing it because you won't play with me. But I'm soloing it. <laughs> so that way, like, I'm doing my Sith Trooper. or my Sorry, Sith you're what now? He has kids. Yeah, he has kids. Yeah, and he likes to... I'm not going to say that. I was going to say something that was going to really come out wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you all know it because you're all laughing. I kind of saw, like, where you were going, and and I'm sorry. I was going to try to get you there. But you walk in some (laughs) place, and then you start to turn down a dark alley, and you're like, oh, no, wait, I don't want to go down that way. (laughs) And I was politely like, no, you should totally turn down that alley. I want to see where that goes. I want to see where the alley leads to. I'm intrigued. Google says that way. Please go. (laughs) I'm I'm intrigued. Oh, I was going to say, old man, you like to play with your kids. And that did not sound right. So I was going to uh, uh, just avoid that. But now Super Mario 3D World, sir. <laughs> Whatever you like to in call the next story, that weird time. We have more entertainment. And indeb- indubitably we do because Marvel's Avengers released War for Wakanda expansion coming later this year. We have a nice trailer here. Uh, the Black Panther and his native home of Wakanda will be in Marvel's Avengers game in an expansion called War for Wakanda later this year. Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix announced Thursday during the Square Enix Presents digital showcase. The studio has highlighted the game's most recent update featuring Hawkeye, which uh, launched alongside the next console gen- uh, generation version of Marvel's Avengers, which I do believe includes uh, Spider-Man on the PlayStation. Yes, it will. So, we'll have to. I'm not sure if that's live yet, but Spider Man is coming. We will also get Black Panther on top of now we have Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. Uh, Claw is going to be your big baddie here, which goes right along with the rumors that he was going to be the raid boss. Uh, the vibranium thief, played by Andy Sykes in the MCU, seems to be working alongside AIM in the new expansion, working to steal Wakanda's most valuable resource, vibranium. The trailer focuses on some VO from the villain, uh, some shots from Wakanda, and a brief look at Marvel's take on the kingdom's protector, the Black Panther. Hopefully Square Enix actually does, does pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman and make him the, the character. for. The I would love game. that. It gets me hopeful that. because we had that leak a while ago to where data miners went and uncovered a whole bunch of names for supposed DLC characters. Black Panther was at the top of that list along with Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. So And uh, Claw was on there as well as Raid Boss. So that leads a lot of credibility to that, and which also gives me hope for a lot of legs for this game because I've gone back to this game just like the Old Republic and I've continued to play on with it. 
and I'm enjoying. I'm still only in like Kate Bishop territory. I haven't gotten into Hawkeye yet, but I'm enjoying the game for what it is, and especially in just it's the a, story. It's a fun little pick me up game. You're getting a great story out of this, to where you're getting this episodic feel, almost like you get out of the comics in a video game platform, to where it didn't have a great launch. It had a good launch. It wasn't, you know, it was like okay. No Man's Sky or any of that. It was okay, but the core gameplay was still great. Yeah, the gameplay is there. It does have some level of replayability. It's just what gets me is the loot box system and the the, the pay for the skins and all that. But in, in some games it works and it, and it is warranted, but in other games, and I'm going to say majority of games, the loot box system, even if it's for cosmetic skins, does not work. To, to the level that you think it does. Yeah. It actually creates more bad press than PR for that company. It does. But we'll have to see how this turns out uh, later this year. I'm really looking forward to it, just like I have been with everything with the Marvel's Avengers series and uh, Crystal, uh, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix. Yep. They're great companies. So you got to have faith in what they're putting out. A lot like the next story, because Sony reveals the next-gen PlayStation VR controller for PlayStation 5. Sony gave the PlayStation fans a peek at the next-generation PlayStation VR controller on Thursday this morning. Stronger immersion with adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, and finger-touch detection giggity for the PlayStation 5 virtual reality system. Hideki Nishino... That's right. How how the hell did you pull that off? I've been practicing it. That's the one. I practiced it after I watched the Snyderverse. I just read Google, that name back. Google pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Senior VP of Platform Planning and Management at Sony Interactive Entertainment described the next-gen PlayStation VR controller as orb-shaped and offering a high degree of freedom for players. PlayStation VR 2 controllers will incorporate technology from the PlayStation 5's DualSense controller. Nishino said that touting an iconic design that will change how VR games are played. It's a bold statement. The new details, essentially, you have the adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, the finger touch detection, giggity, uh, tracking, action buttons, and analog sticks. That's a big one for VR controllers. Because that's how you get around the walking and, I mean, you have the look perspective, but you can also have your UI interface with one analog and your movement with another analog, and that is the next level. That's what I see that as. Yeah, not the $6,000 rig that holds you up in suspension midair. I think an analog controller stick is I, a little I, bit I'll easier. Go, I'll take the $30 analog control stick. Add on like a $2 analog stick onto that controller, slap it on there with some Gorilla Glue, and I think you got a product. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a little bit better. We than call what that you a got. workaround thing, sir. You know, and I think that's really where you're going to get like Sword Art Online kind of style VR whoa, whoa. games. Minus the whole. That, all right. that in real life or not. He's not Let's ready take, for that level of commitment there, sir. Look, Let's take virtual. You're not going to be ready for one step a, at a time. You're not going to be ready for a story coming up, but I'm really excited about the VR. Our next story is a little showcase of what else Sony showed off because Sony, a lot like Microsoft, they put a big uh, look into VR, or not VR, 
Uh, that was the last story. Yeah. Indie games. Yeah. To where indie games, they have hi- uh, highlighted a couple here. Um, no? Yeah, you're, oh. you're in that story. Yeah, just scroll down. I got it. Okay. Um, this one, Heavenly Bodies. Anytime a developer uses non-traditional controller schemes in their games, they're taking a risk. Heavenly Bodies is doing just that by having a player take control of an astronaut and guiding them through the many tense situations that space crews find themselves in. Navigating the void of space by plotting at the astronauts' hands and controlling their grip seems to be the newest challenge for those who enjoy the QWOP and getting... Over it, Heavenly Bodies is making its way onto PS4 and PlayStation 5 later this year. So, indie games like this, nice little problem solvers. It kind of has like that Fall Guys or uh, kind of mechanic to where it's realistic limb reaction. What was that one um, web browser game? Oh, God. It had that fucking man thing. Yeah. Yeah, the Stickman web browser game. It kind of looks like that in space. That's what I get from that one. Um, but nice little indie game. Nice time waster. The next one's cool, too. Chikori, a colorful tale, uh, color or lack thereof, is something that developers don't play with nearly enough. In Chikori, a colorful tale, you take control of an uh, adorable cartoon dog who's looking for the titular Chikori. From the trailer, the gameplay seems to consist of the coloring of grayscale uh, world to reveal secrets as well as the path forward. It's cute, It's uh, and I'm um, curious about exactly how the paintbrush controller will be in the trailer. Uh, it seems to be moving much faster with the more precision uh, than a joystick would have. Maybe it'll utilize some of the, the touchpad touch Yeah, the touchpad feature. You know, and it's or coming VR. to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 this spring. All right. So we got that one. Next one, equally as exciting, Puzzle Places. Over the years, puzzles have been uh, have been some of my favorite sole reasons to... God, this guy really loves puzzles. Anyway, Puzzle Places is a new PlayStation VR game that creates 3D jigsaw puzzles out of the real world. And using the PlayStation VR's strength uh, to be able to see the entire puzzle easily, uh, the Puzzle Places seems like an unforgettable puzzle game experience in the PlayStation VR headset this winter. Unique concept. I don't think it'll have a lot of legs. No. something I'd never forget. Not at all. Oh, I won't forget it. I won't forget it. That's just because I know I'm not going to do that. I'll forget I, I just, I'll remember yeah. that just looks buy. like it takes a lot of dexterity, which I don't know. But you might have. you might have the heart for this next one, which is where the heart leads. My shoulder might pop out again. The video game medium is a the perfect place to tell us real stories as perspective and the reliable uh, reliableness of protagonists are always the at the forefront of every experience. Where the Heart Leads is a choice-based, narrative-driven, surreal experience that focuses on how different lives can be when someone makes different choices. Like when you smoke crack or you don't smoke crack. Those two people are going to lead completely different lives. Yeah. Completely. Um, 
Developed by an industry veteran, uh, Armulet Studio, the game will surely uh, be something memorable, if you can call it that. It'll be hitting PlayStation 4 and 5 on July 13th. Um, you got Noir, the play with food game. Kind of like Tetris with food. Um, you also have Disco Elysium, the final cut, which was a... You scroll down a little bit more. Fuck that game. There you go. Disco Elysium, the final cut. That was a, a game of the year. <laughs> we, we broke Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, no, fuck that other game. Yeah, we, we don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to talk about food music game. Fuck you. Give it to your kid. Tell him to shut up. I don't know. <laughs> Here's a pie in your face. I'm going to hit you with it. So while it's technically been playable for those with a beefy enough gaming PC, Disco Elysium, the final cut, is the first time the game will be played on console the tabletop inspired rpg is one of the most anticipated games of this year and the more i see of it the more i get excited for it if you're a fan of dnd jay or any video games inspired by it this will probably be a game that is right up your alley revolving around an uh amnestic detective uh, searching for answers disco elysium final cut comes to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, March 30th. And that almost tabletop, you know, looking down kind of view, it works like How to Survive. Yeah. Really great game that did that view as well. It's very intricate and very, it looks really great. Wastelands 3, same kind of thing. Okay. There's a, there's a thing, there's a place for these kind of games, which you could still get a amazing story. Great game everything that you're looking for in, in games, like gameplay and everything. Yeah, and I, I, you're going to get this story from this classic style, top-down perspective. I think, um, you know, gamers have gotten spoiled with the Call of Duties, the Battlefields, like yeah. having that action yeah. element. Like even, even We've the, forgotten these roots. And well, that's even, where you get e- this good stuff even with Disco the, like the, the The Demon Souls and, and, and like the action RPGs, the action hack and slashes, like yep. the, the Neos, like any any of that ilk. Yes, they are great games, and I'm glad they came out. Yeah. But you look at you look at the story behind the games that you remember when you were a child. You still go back and play, and it's in this vein of of that of that type of game. Yeah. Now the next one is Operation Tango. Everything about Operation Tango has me hooked. From spy versus spy setup to the atmospherical multiplayer, the art style, the game is quickly rising to the top of most anticipated games for this year. Operation Tango has two players assuming roles of either hacker or field agent for the asymmetric espionage action. Games set around uh, pulling off elaborate heists. Kind of like, that just sounds like Grand Theft Auto V with extra steps. And, uh, or, or Payday. Yeah, I'm all about heist games. Yeah, Payday, Payday, and Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Payday really. Two is great. Yeah, Payday Two is awesome. It's a fantastic game. People still playing it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm you not know, knocking that. I'm, I'm still playing GTA because I'm I'm still enjoying the heist. That was another one that had a rocky start with yep. the fucking with the multiplayer. Oh my god! Oh yeah, the It took them forever to add in the heist. Yeah, it didn't. They they didn't add in the heist until the. Uh, PS4 P- and uh, Xbox One generation. Yeah, yeah. until the uh, next-gen ports. 
So uh, Operation Tango, the ripoff of that, is coming in play- PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 at an unspecified date. But now I have the story that will ultimately scare Jay away from playing games <laughs> forever. Challenge Oculus founders suggest video games that, wait for it, kill you in real life. I can't believe I actually said that statement. High definition impact TV there, sir. (laughs) Defecation required. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be shitting your pants on the way out. (laughs) Could you imagine playing Dark Souls in that? (laughs) Your your ember has been... No one would even play the demo. Go ahead and play the demo. That's all right. No. What button does... ah, I'm sorry, he's dead. Next yeah, that's it. No, that's it. You will never 100% in Skyrim in that. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. You know, fighting game? No, I mean, thank they you. will release it on your soul, but, <laughs> you know, because they can. Mortal Kombat. Nope. nope no, nope, nope. no, thank you. Nope, thank you. No, press, pro wrestler, I might, uh, might actually be okay with a Mortal Kombat game that hits back, but. I mean, uh, I think you'd be not, fine I would with definitely be changing game. my genres. Not, not fatality, Kombat, though. No, not with Scorpion. Until you, get the, until you get that goddamn chain through your chest, you're like, this was such a good idea. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm coming. <laughs> Giggity. Uh, Palmer Luckley, the guy who founded the VR company Oculus and the military technology company Alderil, has a gruesome idea to make video games more exciting. Physical repercussions for players who are injured or die in whatever the game they're playing. Playing Mario, you fall off the edge, you're fucking dead, you two-year-old. You're done! Um, Who makes this game Skynet? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like Skynet mixed with, like, I don't know, Matrix? Just picture me saying that in my Archer voice. Skydive with extra steps. I don't know. <laughs> um, he says, quote, the concept of video games with physical consequences as severe as death are as sci-fi staple. Now with the add-on, the cattle prod attachment. <laughs> but as but seen as <laughs> no, beyond the pale you. in real life. Given the popularity of motorsports, extreme athletics, etc., why? It will take three hours to set up, but it will look amazing on TV. So if your question is why, I mean, look, you have motorsports, you have all that. If I play fucking, you know, extreme BMX, I don't want to actually break my fucking neck. It's Sunday, bro. I got to go to fucking work tomorrow. I'm going to play Burnout Revenge on the 360 since it's backwards. If I want to break my neck, I can just go to Action Park. <laughs> Look, man, if, if you're not a masochist or into BDSM, I don't think Hey, you got this, that one. Uh, well, then that's not kink shaming. That's a fact, all right? If you're not into those two, you're not buying a console or a VR headset that could chop your fucking head off. Yeah, but it's Tuesday. I mean, if it chops my head off, I don't have to go to work the next day. Yeah, but if you play it on work, then you get workman's comp. All my worries. I don't think that's how it works, but I would would definitely claim it. Um, You probably wouldn't get the payout. 
No, I think there's a, a, a clear case of self-defecation and, and decimation. <laughs> yeah, so Luckley calls for physically dangerous video games and his follow-up tweet, arguing that inherently dangerous makes things more appealing. We raising saw to what some happened more in Or Gamer, again. the Gerard Butler movie, Gamer. Yes. You know? and uh, You saw that? <laughs> we were there, bro. It was real. So did luckily 2009 get... was a low point. And in this is the time. this is the part where I love about this article because uh, the writer goes, "Luckily, did luckily get bored watching Twitch stream and start to daydream ways uh, to live things up, or perhaps did he get launched across the continent by a giant in Skyrim and wonder to himself what would it really feel like to have his bones jellified? Not good. But now he can explore that." He should probably be the first one to test it out. No bueno. You came up with the idea. You should test it out first, right? I think this product line's going nowhere. They're gonna kill it. This this sounds this sounds kind of dumb. Like why? Are oh no, it's completely it. dumb. It's the dumbest, thing I've ever it's heard the dumbest story ever. That's why I had to stop. The end irony off with behind this, one. this is that this probably this guy probably has a pacemaker. Probably. It's Darwinism with more steps. Yes, absolutely, and a lot more <laughs> HD. DH. Because <laughs> the D comes first. Um, so he's going to play and be like, surprise, B, I'm a vampire. That's yeah. what it is. And yeah. then that apocalypse begins. Absolutely. So I had to end off with this one because this is probably the dumbest idea I have ever heard. And I work in service. All right. <laughs> it's up there. It's really fucking up there. <laughs> hey, well, what if what if you put it on the VR headset and if you sh- got shot, you, you, you in the right place, you actually died. Sit down, dumbass. Nobody wants to fucking play that. That's it's like that up. meme where that somebody makes a, this, um, a suggestion at the conference room table and the next panel is then being <laughs> thrown out the window. Yes. <laughs> That's that guy. Yeah, that guy. Except he didn't turn so, out like the woman who split from Stadia and then got an exclusive deal with PlayStation. He just got thrown out the fucking window, and a reporter's like, hey, what do you think? I'll right tell you what I so. think. Killer video games. I'm like, all right, guys, this is going to be a great article. Keep talking. So me and my brother have a running gag, and I, I honestly want to know the answer to this question. Who is the second person in the room? Because with any bad decision... There's always a second person who goes, that sounds like a good idea. There's a co-signer. There's a co-signer. Who's the second person of that Pinky. Games? Let's it's, it's do the it. Same, it's the same concept of like whenever you see that horrible commercial on TV, 10 people approve that. Just remember, that exactly. was the final idea in that yeah, boardroom. Because there's the idea. There's one and then not... There's one brain and the rest are pinkies. Yeah, there's the lock that you have to get through, which is the corporate boardroom, and they're like... You know what? I think this could work, George. Maybe if we give him a chance. You know, if not, we just say, you know, it's all his fault, and he never works in the industry again. And then it's done. Family's just living on the curb. In a tent. They live in California. They'll be fine. They get I'm a just nice picturing tent. a six-year-old and playing. down by the river. I'm, I'm, I'm just picturing <laughs> a six-year-old playing Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for the first time on Nintendo and not knowing whatever the fuck to do. And oh, my God. That, out. that poor child. <laughs> Their neck just snapped using this guy's fucking goddamn thing. And he and he died on glass. Yo, how fucking humiliating would that be? <laughs> <sighs> my God. On that bombshell. He was on Twitch the whole time. 
<laughs> on that bombshell, we have to. That's switch what he over. is doing, sir. <laughs> and he's now twitching on Twitch. <laughs> twitching, <laughs> on the Twitch show. twitching all the twitchy way. Man, could you imagine Twitchy being like that? Twitchy twitching on Twitch. Twitchy That'd twitching totally on twitching. Twitchy, twitching. This has been a very very dark. <laughs> oh, this has been has DC been dark as podcasts go. <laughs> this has been DC dark, but we may lighten it up with what we call the end segment, which is a thought experiment meant to expand your minds and adapt and, you know, build up your creativity because this week's end segment is what if kids, what if you could have any superpower, but only for one hour, just like our man, which power and why? It's the one continuous hour. It's like an XP bonus on a game. It's that hour you can't collectively, like, I'm going to use it for 10 minutes here and 10 minutes here. You turn here. it on and you take a nap. That's it. It's gone. You choose Hulk powers, you're Hulk for an hour. No As turn off. So what is your superhero power That's what and why? So let's go to what she said. Cat. <laughs> you already said in the chat that you have the perfect power. I have thought often about if I could have like any kind of superpower, what would it be? And you know, there's always like the super strength. Like, of course, yeah. people would think that I what I would want to be like Diana. Yeah. But I don't know if this counts as a power. But even if it was just for an hour a day. Whatever I wanted or needed, I would have. So Material- if I needed, like, like materialization, you like, know, like spontaneous. Maybe that's uh, a, like that's a good way to say it. Like, let's just say I wanted to buy a car, so I reach in my pocket and I have exactly the amount of money that I needed to buy that car if I needed to get somewhere. So you would just become Domino, and like luck would just be on your side at I all think- times. Jamie See, because the thing with the thing with luck is that I could like. What I try to do is, the, my power is something that can't hurt anyone else. Do you know what I mean? And like even with luck, it's it's like my will overriding other people because yeah. I want things to go my way. That still has the um, downside, right? So it's just like as unobtrusive, unobtrusively as possible. I have whatever I need for whatever I want to do for that hour. Okay, whatever you're doing that hour, it's just there. Yeah, whatever I need. Okay, okay, spontaneous, you know generation of objects and things that you need that's right. an ultimate big brother had a really great one i'm gonna go with super intelligence so for one hour i could just like trade and the rest of the day i could just play financial investments i was thinking no i was thinking about that too for one hour i was thinking about that too if you're really good all I need if you're really good currency yeah. trading stacks yeah you would only need for about 15 minutes if you knew how to do Wouldn't it right. to and that's like if i needed to fly hour. a helicopter i would know how to fly a helicopter and have everything i need like that for that's one hour you're not going far you're yeah. just going, going one far. hour away listen listen if i know how to fly in that one hour that's all nobody said anything about landing i just need to fly <laughs> Here's the trick, though. Like, would it be? I just hover like 18 inches off the ground. Everything that you can, and you retain it afterwards. Well, uh, no, that, yeah, it's just for that hour. Now you may retain it when you use it that next 24 hour. Yeah, you'll retain that, that knowledge, 
but it you only have that super knowledge for that hour. I would one do, hour. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do super intelligence. I would do the ability to learn everything at a moment's notice. Now, would it be a, a full twenty four hours while we're making the rules as we go? Would that be a full twenty four hours, like you have here to here, or would it be by the clock? Like I could well, do like Skyrim, twelve o'clock, you can only well, use this ability one once o'clock, a day. You have to and wait, then it'd be good. You have to wait twenty four hours, and then you can use it any time. You could just save it. He's you, the logic, so I'm going with him on this one because I would make it too easy. That's fine, but like just I'm talking about like super learning ability. So like if you learned said thing and you learned it, once your power is done, you still retain it because then it's etched in your brain. So, oh, look how he sat afterwards too. Like I can't mic drop, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna set my hands down. No. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, super learning, that just seems like super intelligence with different words. And that you want to <laughs> elude the rule of you only get this for one hour. But I, I'm, I'm, but I want it. I the, the way you framed the question is the way you get I'm the power the for one hour a day. So I can learn how to be a lawyer in three minutes and say, fuck you. Ooh. But you only get to have that. In those three minutes? For that hour. Just and then I can just take the bar and pass it. it. In an hour? Yeah, yeah, but how are you going to practice? You're just going to practice for one hour a day. But once it's in my head, then it's... Then it's by the time he's... Just for that hour. By the time he's dark side's Next, age, he'll be a full-fledged lawyer in the bar. That knowledge for that hour. Yeah. Now, me, I already kind of... I, I, I thought about this. And originally, I was going to go with, like, uh, talking to technology and stuff like that. But what I... Because after today, you're thinking about cyborg, aren't you? Well, no. Yeah. No, I mean, cyborg. <laughs> yeah. You know, being able to talk to technology. Because I was thinking about I was thinking about that, too. Because you could just, eh, in an hour, I have a million dollars. Yeah, but again, that would be, like, I would be <laughs> manipulating other people and other things, and I don't want to do that. I want my power to not hurt anyone yeah so if you were a cyborg for an hour you can just tell everybody like you can manipulate the voting system to pull everybody out of right and i so that's why i wanted my power to not be something like that. and once again i will say my light side or dark side of allegiance is not the point of my power okay i'm i'm leaving that open it's you know more of a, a gray jedi thing um, he wants to be able to be nice and force lightning at the same time. Honestly, but that's where I'm going. That's where I'm ultimately going. If I could pick a superpower, why wouldn't it be the force? For one hour a day, I can use the force for premonition. I can you can only the hold the high ground for so long, though, without the force. Buddy. I can use the force to go to the fridge and grab me a beer. No, I can see you using the, the force. To, to stir some shit up, and then once that hour's off, you're going to be in big trouble, buddy. <laughs> and if I travel around the world, eventually, I imagine a kyber crystal will come to me, and then I'll be able to make a fucking lightsaber. So I'm going with the Force. That's my that's my superpower for one hour a day. I'll dedicate the rest of my life just, not Jedi way, but more great Jedi way. Just kind of what I want to do. Yeah, he's so, already telling you he's going to be a straight-up villain, don't he? Yeah. <laughs> Don't even. Look, some people would consider me a Sith, okay? As a Sith. I identify as a Jedi. But as a Sith, he considers himself the good guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
well, folks, oh. this is a long, drawn-out goodbye. <laughs> As I die, yeah. You really just made him the self, the Thanos of the Force, like <laughs> for I'm no. Saying, look at that saying! I'm gonna wipe out half the galaxy with a finger snap. I'm just, I'm just. Well, saying, he didn't see himself as a villain either. I'm just saying, Did I'm he? driving in traffic. I'm going to move your car out of my way so I can get to work <laughs> faster. I don't think that's a bad thing. Oh, I got a better. One. I'm not damaging your car. Yeah, I'm just one? moving you out of the way. I'd like the infinity gauntlet for one hour a day. Oh Lord. <laughs> I think that's beyond the power of this end segment. The powers that be, can we please make sure that those two funs and oons get no powers whatsoever at any time? <laughs> well, now I feel, I feel personally attacked, but we're going to go on. You are break. being personally attacked. You both have literally said you'd be up to no good. Please do not hand these men powers. <laughs> I mean. What is your definition of no good? No good is an absolute. That means that everything I do is bad. I would like to think that it would be a scale, probably mostly bad, but there would, there would be a lot of good in there as well. Okay. A lot of good. that would I would try to offset the bad. He's got weights on his pendulum that keep it to the left. <laughs> Look, Mark said it a long time ago, but yeah, I probably am a Sith, but that's not the point. All right? <laughs> the point is with our special guest, Jay, what are you picking? Oh, man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a, uh, a power from a comic book character. I'm probably gonna go with Taskmaster's power. Oh. Whatever I see, I can replicate. And so oh, I I could, think of that one. That's I could good. literally for that's a good one. One hour a day, I could go on YouTube and just watch everything on how to, or I could uh, learn a like a sport oh, and gosh. use that ability when needed. You know. We need somebody like, to play soccer now. Like I, like I can I see. This. That you're going to use it in a well-rounded way where I would just be using it to look at TikTok recipes and get even more. (laughs) Jay, the problem. Even more things. I would try to impress somebody and be like, all right. Impress somebody. Just impress myself. (laughs) Yeah. If you had to learn soccer, you'd be like, coach, I'm going to do this for you, but you can only put me in the first half. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to rack up 20 points They will never come back You can't put me in after the first I mean, Unless you have like the the Replacements as like your You know the rest of your team Then you're kind of fucked you know You gotta wait till the latter half And then go full right. war So you got a little bit you of have the heroic comeback in the, in the bottom That's right You had heart sir But ultimately <laughs> heart. Ultimately I would say Jay kind of he won this one because that is the yeah, ultimate that's a great power one. that you would want for an hour a day is the ability of Taskmaster. Although I did, I was watching, uh, I was reading uh, Deadpool and okay. Taskmaster was in there. Deadpool has his own agent, uh, his Mercs for Hire agency. And Taskmaster comes up to one of, uh, it's like a cartoon, uh, Full Kill. And Full Kill. Ben's back cartoon-wise because he's a cartoon. Taskmaster tries to do that and breaks his back. 
So there is the little cavite. Well, I wouldn't cat would fall say. for anything. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do something impossible. I'm just going to learn how to do stuff. He's going to learn how to do That's it. That's great. Frank Percy says that his skill would be to type. To type. For an hour. So every. You could make a lot of money doing medical stuff if you're <laughs> typing. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine like if you were just like automatic best typer. And you were like, oh, we need a court stenographer, Frank Percy. Frank, we need you. I'm <laughs> what happens when that court case goes on in an hour? You get me for one hour. Sum it up. Excuse me. You just got to hope. hope one of the lawyers is Perry Mason. Your Honor, we're going to have to convenience <laughs> uh, to tomorrow exactly about, uh, you know, five, 530 uh, because I can't type anymore. Or an episode on SVU. You've got 20 minutes. Oh, no, he'd have plenty of time for an SVU episode. You can pretty much gen- uh, just summarize the plot in about like ten minutes. Um, but I think we had a really great end segment here, and we definitely want you, loyal Waldranger, to go ahead and comment below. Let us know what superpower you would use for an hour. Is it regeneration, like Wolverine or Deadpool? Probably not Deadpool. I would be Deadpool. <laughs> I literally be Deadpool if I had that regenerative property. It wouldn't be Matt Man anymore. It'd be Matt if you had that regenerative property, you could play that VR thing. Yeah, yes. I see a comic series. <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool versus Killer Oculus. I love it. There we go. We'll start writing it. And you can make it like a satire because he's like, I thought I was attacking a killer octopus. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Deadpool. Oh, that is perfect Deadpool. So... We always come to the end of this end segment, and it ends off with the thank yous. Of course, we want to thank you, John McCann, Rodney Linehart, Derek Bess, Ben Neff, Nyree Zimmer, William Unster, Frank Percy, Colin Cochran, Sean Ennis, America, John Walsh, not Joe Walsh, from the Eagles, uh, Mark Gervais, Lisa Wilcox from last week's Triforce podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. And this week's guest, Jay Kirby. Thank you so much for being on. You're an ultimate nerd, an ultimate wall janger. We love having you on. You're welcome on anytime you want. Anytime you want to promote yep. anything or your own podcast, or your own D&D stuff, let us know. You're always welcome on, man. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. It was an absolute blast being on here. It was our pleasure. We will always continue to put, not now, Alexa. We will always continue to push out other podcasts, spreading spreading out the PJA and DWH love balloon. But we also want you to pop on over here to pjandwh.com and find out the funniest moments from this podcast as well as all the others. You're going to find last week's Triforce podcast as well as last week's uh, Lugnuts podcast. Last week's Triforce is a nightmare on Nerd Street. And, of course, this is a long drawn out goodbye. I'm Matthew Bugrell, the Matman. To my right is Christopher Bristow, the old man. Stephen Bugrell, Big Brother, Ultimate Presence. And, of course, in the Pedranger box, we have one. Katarina Thermoscara, all the way from Thermoscara, Wondercat, as well as Jay Kirby, special guest. Of course, this means it's the end of the podcast, the long drawn out goodbye. We love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. 
As always, Wall Jaggers, game on, boys and girls! Bye-bye! Oh, God, we're going to end it. Oh, no. We're doing it live. Play on the Jaggers. That was a good segue. Yes. Um, I host, uh, as part of the Curbside Podcast, I host our spin-off show. It's called Dice Hard with a Vengeance. Um, we have a group of about six people, not including uh, my brother, who's our, our dungeon master. Uh, and we just play fifth edition uh, every week. Right now, we, we just finished, just finished season one uh, on a big cliffhanger, crazy uh, big plot reveal. And we all left with our jaws on the floor. And unfortunately, our DM isn't available to do any more games for like, the next month. So we're all just sitting here festering on this own cliffhanger because he won't tell us what's happening next. We have to play. It. And we're like, oh, can we That's please? the sign of a good DM. No oh, spoilers. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Well, let me ask you something while they okay. while those funs and noons figure stuff out. Um, <laughs> what got you started into wrestling? Okay. Um, so with wrestling, I've always been a fan ever since I was as far back as I can remember, I was two, and I, you know, diving elbow dropped my mom one off the couch. So as far back as I can remember, I've always loved wrestling, but I grew up in a very, you know, uh, protective Christian home. So the Attitude Era during the '90s was not the um, scene for me, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or at least I wasn't allowed to watch it. Is the easiest way to put that. I get that. So around. I want to say 03, I was just flipping through the channels, found it, uh, watched like one match, and I was hooked like I had never missed a beat. Do you remember what you were watching? Was it WCW? Was it WWF? Was um, it... So when I was growing up, it was WCW. I was a Nitro okay. kid. I remember Sting, Goldberg, oh, the NWO. The that, those were the best the... years. Oh, yeah. NWO, Wolfpack. Yes. Uh, I remember all of those. Um and loved those. Uh, when I started watching again in 03, it was Undertaker mm-hmm. versus, I can remember the match actually, it was Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar and Big Show and Handicap match. Oh, wow. Yep. And that led to the 2003 Survivor Series. And uh, that's where I, you know, picked back up on wrestling. I've been a fan ever since. Um, originally for wrestling, I, I had no intention of getting in the ring. I always thought it'd be something cool to do, but I never was going to, uh, divulge all this, you know, time and effort and money into doing right, it. Right. Right. And my friends back home were actually going to start a promotion. And I was like, okay, what can I do to help? And like, I wanted to be on this thing at ground floor. And every time I would, Ask them, hey, can I do this? Hey, can I do that? They would say, well, you're not properly trained. We can't let you do that. And so after the fourth or fifth time of hearing that, I got mad. And I was like, fine, I'm going to go get trained, and I'm going to be part of this. <laughs> and here I am almost uh, 10 years later. Oh, so are you a baby face or are you a heel? Uh, so right now I'm a heel. Oh. Um, I actually very recently, as of like two weeks ago, got my uh because of covid i can't attend any shows mm-hmm. um i got my uh character suspended for saying some very mean things about the big baby face and the management 
So Lost Boy Kirby is definitely a heel on Lost Boy Kirby. He's definitely suspended for his very rude statements. Shame, shame. <laughs> uh, but generally about, I would say, a good 99% of my career, I've been a baby face. So is this like your first foray into being a heel? Um, What's the right word? I've dabbled. Dabbled okay. in being a heel. Uh, now, you know, once or twice a company has asked me, but it's never been a constant. So as, since you've dabbled in, in healing and mm-hmm. you're mostly baby, do you enjoy being a heel or is it something like you kind of suffer through? Because um, I, I know like when you're, when you're the baby face, you're, mm-hmm. everybody loves you. And when you're the heel, it's all like, you know. <laughs> oh, it is a blast to be heel. <laughs> is that a preference now? Oh, do you think, um, have you gone to the dark side and that's it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think I always, because I'm, this is my personality. I'm always really nice to people and I'm always really appreciative of people. So it's, it's hard for me to say that I'll be a heel forever. You know, I'm always smiling, have this, you know, big dimply grin, but being a heel is a lot of fun. Um, I've never gotten to experience that with crowds before. So it's really strange. Um, I will say being a heel is a lot easier because it's really easy to make people not like you compared to making people like That's you. true. I can see that. Absolutely. So I, they're having some audio issues. So we're just going to act like it's just you and me. All right. <laughs> if that's I'm, okay. I can keep going. <laughs> um, so you also have two podcasts that you do? Um, so it's one combined podcast. I okay. call the, the D&D podcast like my spinoff show. Okay. Because the first episode was curbside presents that's hard with a vengeance but it's it's all under the uh the, the curbside banner if you can see. <laughs> nice I product almost, placement I actually used to have a big banner that said curbside on it but uh you couldn't see it with this in the way or with that in the way and i really wanted to show this stuff off from now on when i record so so where did this segue come from okay so clearly you grew up in the 90s am i right yeah, nice. 90s. 90s. And you, that, is wit- that is a testament to the objects behind you. Yes. <laughs> the very cool objects behind you. Um, and then, of course, we know how you got started in your wrestling. Now, how did this um, combine into a podcast? Like, what kind of put that bug in your ear? So, um, shout out to a very good friend of mine, uh, Ben Banks. He wrestles down in Virginia. Um, we trained together at the same school in Virginia. And then I moved up to New Jersey. But um, he has a podcast called Leveling Up with Big Banks. Mm-hmm. It's him and his uh, partner in crime, Travis. And those two had me on for a Star Wars episode where we got to talk about the Star Wars prequels. And I had an absolute blast. I love talking about Star Wars. I love talking with Ben. And I always thought it would be so much fun to do that myself. And then use that podcast to, uh, as wrestlers would say, get other people over. Like, a uh, great example, our DM uh, for Dice Hard is my brother, but he's actually a, profos- a professional voice actor. So oh, okay. I kind of used the, the podcast to spread out his, uh, his writing and his voice acting. Uh, whenever something in particular is happening, I try to uh, bring in certain people to talk about. So, like, I had 
uh, back in, I want to say October, November, I brought in two different tag teams for interviews because I wanted to get them, uh, you know, into, because I have, I don't know how I did it, um, but I used to wrestle for a YouTube show called GTS. And I have a lot of followers on Twitter. And so I thought if I could use that Twitter following to get eyes on other people. Right. And that's what I was going to do. And that's what use I your force for good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Use my powers for good, you know? And so I wanted to do that for other people. I wanted to do that for my voice acting friend. I wanted to do that for my buddy Max, who is a pro wrestler, but he's also an independent actor and does like independent horror movies. I wanted to get him on to get him talking about that and just really spread out, um, uh, you know, the, the wealth for everyone get, gets, get some spotlight on people who may not get the uh, same opportunities. So it, it's just like, a, I think it's so fascinating that it's um, that you've segued so seamlessly and like kind of interwoven all of the things that you love and, and you're, you're living all of them. So you're basically just living your best life right now. I'm, I'm trying my best. Um, well, that's the best anyone can hope to do, right? You know? Right. Living the dream. And uh, the, the, exactly. Well, the craziest thing about the podcast is um, about, actually, literally a year ago, uh, I was really badly hurt. I, I, uh, I tore my ACL and I tore my meniscus. And so I was just sitting at home doing a whole lot of nothing. And so all I did was come up with, all right, uh, this week we're going to do this and this week we're going to do that. I couldn't go wrestle. I couldn't go to shows. And then, of course, you know, after 30 days of not being able to go anywhere or do anything because of surgery, the world stopped turning and a zombie apocalypse came out. So then basically I was like, okay, well, I guess instead of going places to interview people, I will just do the podcast from home and try to, you know, I'll zoom chat this person. Or I'll try to bring in this person to talk. And it's, it's worked thankfully over the past year. Now it's, it's had such troubles. There's right. been a couple uh, stumbles in earlier episodes where either we couldn't save the footage and it just wouldn't transfer over for me to edit or editing was a nightmare because we had so many technical difficulties. You mean like no audio for, <laughs> for some folks? Um, no, there's, like that? <laughs> there's a noise like an air conditioner going oh, that's off. That's my fan. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No, no, no. That's okay. I just didn't know if it was like. Now something that, in real life or something? No, that, that's why I have this little tiny fan um, with the volume this down behind my computer. This isn't popping up with the mic audio, is it? Yes, it is. Oh, motherfuck. You had it turned down, and I turned it up, and then you were like, no, you got to turn it down because then you have double audio. That's a brand new fucking program. How am I supposed to know, man? <laughs> you sound like a Muppet right now. Like a chain smoking Muppet. I just. I don't know anything anymore. Let me just make sure this is on still go live. Holy crap, this has been a great podcast so far. <laughs> Luckily, you're still recording all this, right? Yes. Thank you. It's a bunch of fun zenooms. No, it, it's funny. Um, we used to have uh, a connection problem. Whenever 
we had like our first four or five uh, D&D episodes. Yeah. And we jokingly turned it into every time my brother uh, would cut out, we would call it the random dance break because he would just stop <laughs> yeah, mid-frame. We couldn't hear him. He wasn't moving, so we're like, all right, we're going to dance. And then <laughs> we I started putting really great music intro to with it. Jay and Katarina. <laughs> We have a great. whole bunch of I love really that. great audio with uh, Kat. You you were doing a great in- interview, by the way. It's just, thank you. Uh, you know, thank you. Uh, we I I'm still learning that I Jay. I'm sure you. I'm not sure if you know the software. You probably do. It's Stream OBS. Streamlabs. Um, Streamlabs. I've heard of it. I don't. I don't use. Uh, I was using Stream OBS. Regular OBS. I use uh, OBS Studios. Yeah, I was using regular OBS Studios, and then our Iron Kelly Kelly Collins. He uh, turned old man onto this Streamlabs OBS because you could have the chat up there and that'll right. pop up while you're talking and shit like that. It's more so. interactive. More interactive right. and it's a lot more user friendly. So the guy in Florida broke it? So, yeah, no, I uh, so I just uh, didn't understand it. And now we should be able to go live. And we'll to actually test the audio. Yeah, so hopefully. Everybody will be able to hear me as well as everybody else in the chat. That is my goal. And I'm pretty sure I'm following my sound waves on there, so I think I'm good. I'm just giving enough audio recording to test because... Friends! 